This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hey there, Robbie here. What have we got coming up for you on today's episode of the Offscript podcast? It's short and sweet. It is a classic Offscript construct. And of course, it involves animals. In this instance, it involves animals falling foul of the law. I was surprised when I read up on this because forget the fact that these animals have been arrested. Some of them have even ended up in court. Take a listen. Off scripts into the wild. All right. Animals involved in crimes. Now, you may think this is spurious. You may think it's just a little bit of kind of, in, you know, silliness almost. It animals. Is. But it's not, Ooh, Chris. It's not. Because throughout history, okay, animals have found themselves on the wrong side of the law. And we have had, quite frankly, an absurd tradition of putting animals on trials for crimes and trying them as if they were human from the beginning of the ninth century. And it was a tradition that persisted all the way up to the middle of the 18th century. Animals were represented in a court of law. And they had a defence lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. What are you telling me? I know. I knew this would pique your interest because I've got quite a few examples of this. But the one that really stands out and the one that Peter unfortunately can't listen to because he's got to put the kids to bed and we've assured him that it will be delivered on the podcast is the Great Weevil Trial of 1587. Allow me to take you back to rural France in the the tail end of the 16th century. Okay, Mm. now. I want to introduce you to a man, a lawyer, a reputable legal professional by the name of Antoine Filiol. He was the barrister tasked with representing the offending weevils in this trial. Just to jump in here, weevils? Weevils are... We've actually got a bit of a problem with weevils in our our apartment. They are those tiny little... um, They're pests. They're little tiny bugs that burrow into, you know, oats and what have you. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're they're often... They're one of the the more repeat-offending pests, I would say. Particularly when it comes to, like, crops, grain and all that sort of stuff. Right. Which is exactly what this trial pertains to. Because Antoine Filiol, how did he get his his, um, reputation as a a defender-in-chief of the animal kingdom? Well, he demonstrated his prowess in the... First of all, he defended rats, which had feloniously eaten up and wantonly destroyed the barley crop of the province of Autun in France. He defended successfully the rats. Now, he made a name for himself going into bat for the rats, and the weevils came calling in 1587. And they obviously felt, listen... He's our guy. Antoine's our man, and he can get us out of this mess. A little bit like Novak Djokovic's lawyer down in Australia. <laughs> the weevils called upon the very best. Because you know how he defended the rats? I digress slightly. But this was very crafty of Antoine. He argued that it was impossible to summon his furry clients to court, and they should be excused on the ground of the length and difficulty of the journey and the serious perils which attended it owing to the unwearied vigilance of their mortal enemies, the cats who watched all their movements and, with fell intent, lay in wait for them at every corner and passage. Right. I swear this is not made up, by the way. This is a wind-up. I'm not... No, I'm, I'm deadly serious. Antoine did not go into court <laughs> and utter those words. Yeah, he did. He did. There was, I'll tell you why. I'll explain why there was a tradition of putting animals in trial. It was all to mask human failings. Of course it was. They were the, the ultimate scapegoats. Mm. So... The Weevils, grateful to have Antoine in their corner, they were actually in court to answer some pretty serious charges. The Weevils were in court? Yeah. Were they in suits? 
No, they were. Their case was in court. Right. Okay. You just but imagine this, somebody had rounded them up into a couple jars correct. and literally brought them to court. Brought them up on the witness Chris, stand. Mm-hmm. Just, just trust me when I tell you that a trial was held in court in a court of law, and the defendants were weevils. This happened. Okay. Right. You just have to accept that. I'm still massively skeptical. Right. Now. Saint Julien was the town in question. So, okay. are you following this story yep, so far? Absolutely. I must have like an image painted in my mind of this whole thing. You've got to go back to 1545 yep. when the first complaints against the insects kind of started becoming vocal. Now, these were made initially by grape growers in 1545, and this never went to trial. It resulted in a proclamation for public prayers to account for the sins and thus will the weevils away. And actually, that seemed to work for a while because they did go away for about 30 years or so. But then ultimately, the town was forced to take proper action and the weevils were taken to court. uh, On April the 13th, 1587, Filiol assigned as the weevils' public defender. And he argued that his clients had been placed on earth by God who would never have put them here without the sustenance to survive. They were being accused of decimating the uh, Saint-Julien's crop. Okay? And he's played the God God card. He's he's played the God card. He said it was just a bit unfortunate that this sustenance happened to be the town's crops. Now, the prosecution Mm. asserted the town's dominion over the visiting weasels, weasels, weevils, and said that although the animals were created before man, they were intended to be subordinate to him and subservient to his use. And that was indeed the reason of their prior creation. In other words, get in your lane, weevils. You know, understand your place in the pecking order and stop desecrating our crops. And the defence was, was, have some humanity... God exactly. wouldn't have put them here if they it, couldn't survive. They they must survive yeah, because again, it is God's will. Filiol's played a blinder there. Wow. Yeah, he's played an Hard absolute blinder. Hard to argue blinder. that one. Now, beyond the courtroom, the citizens of Saint-Julien sought a compromise. Now, they basically, they, they tried to fob the weevils off. They created a, re- a tract of a very undesirable land. And they said, guys, you can, the weevils can congregate over here. Right? You don't believe a word I'm saying, do you, Chris? Well, <laughs> You're looking at me. I mean, it is ludicrous, Rob. Yeah, it is ludicrous. I don't blame but, Chris but, for not believing this, a word this you're This happened. So they created a tract of land. It was like, you know, the sort of village dump. It was mm. kind of, no one wants it. You know it, it's not, village dump. It's not farmable. I don't have a dump it, in my village. Do you not? You don't have a village dump? There's no fuckabers no. dump? No. I'm amazed by that. There has to be. There's a child from St. Giles dump. There's not. There's anyway, not. they provided this land. They were arguing about this. The weevils could congregate there, and it was officially deemed weevil territory. Now, one historian, E.P. Evans, says the citizens reserved the right to pass through the said tract of land without prejudice to the pasture of the said animals. Okay? While this was all happening... <laughs> Eight months oh of Lord. sessions. The trial began, and eight months later... The story's taking eight months. <laughs> the, ju- the judge handed down a decision which, ironically, is sadly lost to history. Uh, <laughs> that, according to the historian... We don't know if the weevils were, were defended According to the historian Evans, the last page of the court records has since been destroyed by, and this is no joke, rats or bugs of some sort. <laughs> and the, the idea is that the weevils actually set it upon themselves to obliterate the documents and essentially... Set it upon themselves. <laughs> they were rehoused. They were rehomed. They were happy in the end. All's well that ends well. We're late for 
the news that story did take the best part of eight months. <laughs> to wrap it up, Zone, it's really... <laughs> It was more about finding a scapegoat during mm. times of unrest in rural areas in Europe. That this was very, very commonplace to place animals on trial like this. Politicians showing that they were doing something. Yeah. And Even if it, there was no recourse to I mean, I know action. that 500 years ago is a long time ago. But at the same time, it is amazing that that went on so comparatively recently. Yeah, that anybody would think there was a purpose or a point to putting animals on trial. Right. Because what are they going to do about it? What are they going to do the weevils if they find them guilty? Like, what's the consequence of that? You know? Well, absolutely nothing. Yeah. But, but people bought into that. And it's, you know, when we, when we bemoan our current sort of social we've taken, landscape. We've taken giant strides We have forward. taken a few strides. Fortunately, we're forward. taking a few steps backwards yeah. over the last few years. But in the main, we're trending. Do you feel right we direction. have taken a few yeah, steps absolutely. backwards? We're not putting weevils on the stand. But we have TikTok, so yeah. take what you want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm not sure what's worse. But animals, I, I do want to touch on a few other animals that have been involved in criminal activity. Um, and I want to take you to Mexico, 2008. <laughs> right, okay, day. relatively recent. Relatively recently, Chiapas, which is a southern state in Mexico. Right. And um, it pertains to a rowdy donkey who bit one man in the chest and kicked another and ended up spending three days in jail in a cell usually reserved for intoxicated people and wasn't released until his owners paid for the victim's medical bills and covered their salaries for the day's work they missed due to their injuries. The officer, quoted by the local newspaper, Señor Gómez, said, Around here, if someone commits a crime, they are jailed no matter who or what they are. Interesting. Chapas actually has previous when it comes to throwing animals behind bars. They actually incarcerated a bull that devoured corn crops and a dog that was locked up for 12 days after biting someone. That is a quality news source. You'd have been rubbing your hands with three stories in the oh, one yeah. article. Massively. Massively. Now, India as well has a long tradition of... Locking up, uh, holding Banging up, yeah, exactly. Animals that that have got fallen foul of the law. Um, a goat was arrested in Chhattisgarh for eating a judge's lawn. Um, the goat, a female goat called Babli, was a repeat offender, according to police in India, and in 2016 was arrested. Now, I, I kind of can't help but think that if it wasn't a judge, yeah. I think this, this might have gone unnoticed and unchecked. The judge was rather annoyed. Poor old Babli just had a larger than usual appetite. Just picked the wrong lawn. You know? Yeah, he did. That's exactly what any did. other lawn from any other Joe Schmo. It would have gone unchecked, but right. because it was a judge, they decided to make an example of Babli. And uh, Babli was incarcerated until his owner was, or her owner, I should say, was able to um, recompense the judge for the, the damage done to the property. There was a suspicious pigeon that was detained at the border in India in 2015 uh, in the town of Manwal near the Pakistan border. I was said pigeon. Well, suspicious. Uh, the, the, the pigeon was thought to be a spy. There was a strange message stamped on the bird's body. Interesting. Uh, a trespassing monkey going the other way, actually, from Pakistan to India. Mm. Again, trespassing. Uh, was it me, a bloke in a monkey suit? Or was <laughs> no, it no, 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 it was an actual monkey um, roaming in a place called ba, um, Bawalpur. I'm not sure I'm getting that right. Do you, can you 
I don't, help me I don't have it in front of there. me, but what did you say? Bahawalpur. Bahawalpur, sure. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, anyway, the monkey ultimately, having spent a couple of days behind bars, was placed in a zoo and ultimately had a great life, feasting on fruit and just generally enjoying himself. Good. And then in Florida, of course, this story wouldn't be complete without going to Florida. Just for the final time, a monkey was arrested, a capuchin named Mookie, um, who was actually able to serve his sentence under house arrest. Um, he bit a man on a shin, oh. on the shin in a parking lot outside a convenience store. Now, officials were worried that he actually had rabies, and oh. therefore that's why he was quarantined. As it turned out, he just fancied biting this fella. And it wasn't rabies at all. And it wasn't I mean, COVID. if somebody's monkey came up and bit you, you wouldn't be too pleased. Absolutely not. No. Anyone walking no. around with a monkey wouldn't be best pleased. <laughs> Strolling around, it scuppered plans to celebrate. If Rob came into work with a little monkey on his shoulder, but it was like a friendly monkey. I'd be having. You'd have a problem words. with that. You're absolutely right. I would. I'd be straight through Justine's door, knocking on it. <laughs> Robbie needs to get rid of that monkey because I ain't working with a man who has a monkey on his shoulder. No, thank you. The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 